Welcome to broadcast number 52 of Indie Radio. Indie Radio is an indie game development talk show which is here to bring you interviews with both large and lesser known developers, recap the latest news, debate about topics in indie gaming, and to give you some tips and tricks for your journey into game development. Today is January 3rd, 2015, and I will be your host, Brett Hudson, broadcasting from the Midwest United States. We do not have any co-hosts today. Ian and Mike were unable to attend, but we do have Peter Curry and Robert Curry, who are from New Zealand. They are part of a indie studio called Dinosaur Polo Club, which is the coolest name ever. And uh, they're working on a game called Mini Metro. Did I get all that right? <laughs> that sounds about right. That's it. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Uh, we don't have any news today, so we'll just jump right into the interview. So uh, let's begin. So, I'm guessing with the last name, you guys are either brothers or cousins, right? We, we are, are indeed brothers, yes. Brothers, all right. So, growing up, did you guys know that you wanted to make games, that you'd be working together someday, or did it just kind of happen? Uh, that, was always, that was always the idea, I think. I always yeah, had yeah, yeah. understanding that we'd get into game development. and that, that we, we, got into, we got into sort of tabletop gaming quite early on. And then, um, yeah, through like HeroQuest and, and stuff like that. And then uh, we were always kind of mucking around with our own sort of stuff even back then. Uh, yeah, and then we got our first computer at uh, what, age 13 or so. And then from then on, we were just, yeah, just playing games. Although playing games. games was a lot more of the focus back then than <laughs> developing. developing. Yeah, yeah, it took quite a while. We, we were playing around with tabletop game development a bit. Um, just because you know, that's much easier to get into, of course. And that was even when we were like 13 or 14 or something like that. Um, but actual computer game development was really only... Once uh, you university. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was about 20. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, and, and we, we did have a go at doing an indie, indie studio, um, what was it, about eight or nine years ago. Um, but that, that was before the App Store and things like that, so it was mm-hmm. a lot more difficult back then. To um, and I mean, we were young and, and had no idea, so uh, we made. <laughs> well, we thought we did. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. We had this yeah. um, professional development experience for about four or five years uh, working in a studio, and thought we knew enough to, to develop a game. But it's as Rob, easy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. As Rob said, because it was before the um, the real indie boom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. We. We had the wrong idea about making a game. We weren't um, didn't have the foresight to to pitch it. Sort of, yeah, give us all and do the sort of much more contained um, uh, indie games that were coming out. Kind of when we decided to shut up shop. So um, there was sort of Braid and World of Goo and Aquaria were coming out right when we stopped. When we just ran out of energy mm-hmm. um, which was a real shame you know? and then I think the app store lo- launched about three months after we stopped <laughs> so we were just at the wrong time and, and just not um, didn't have the f- foresight but here we are again it t- took us about three or four years to actually build the energy up again to, to <laughs> yeah, give yeah. it another crack yeah yeah, no, I know a lot of people that got involved with games around that time. It was just like, the tools were available, and everybody started getting really interested in it. And Google was, like, becoming a big enough thing where everybody kind of understood that you could find anything on Google, because that's, that's how I found it. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. It's weird how, like, the timing just worked for everybody, and, like, 
a large part of the indie community all came in at that time. Yeah, and it's a real bummer that we sort of missed out on being a part of that, but because we were still stuck in that mindset of big game development and having mm-hmm. to ourselves, so so um, everything was programmed from scratch and was plus. <laughs> yeah, just I, I mean, I love still to write really low low-level low code and, uh, and write engine code and stuff, but I've had to force myself to, you know, not do that and to use um, use other people's engines and stuff yep. because it's the only way you get anything done. Otherwise, you just yep. waste time redoing everyone else's work. and the, it, It's cool, but it doesn't get mm-hmm. Yeah, you kind of have to find the middle ground of using someone's engine but still manipulating stuff. Yeah, you have to know when it's important to write your own code, right? Like, if you're doing a, a game that needs its own engine, then yeah, sure, you, yeah. Know, you have to write your own engine or the part of the engine that your game is going to require. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, like a game like ours, I mean, even even using an off-the-shop engine like we do is total overkill, but at least it saves us that time. Yeah, I, I think as a game, as a game developer, you're resources are so stretched that you you have to pick very carefully the things you're going to invest a great deal of time in and and make sure that you do those things very very well but everything else you just have to accept that you know it's it's it, it can only be good enough and and if you pick those things right then that's fine yeah, yeah. and i think it's making, making sure that you that you uh, kind of are developing a game which has those uh, elements to it that you don't have to invest that much time into. Like, I mean, I mean, obviously our one, you know, we don't have any um, any kind of elaborate texturing or things like that. You know, it's all just kind of uh, yeah. We had no art assets that had to be hand hand created or anything, which was mm-hmm. a yeah, yeah. decision on our part because when we started, it was just us and we're both developers. Uh, we're, we're, we're both programmers. We can't do any art or anything, so we deliberately <laughs> picked something that didn't need any art. Yeah, yeah, and it's just make, yeah, just making sure that it was okay that we didn't have an artist. Yeah, at least yep. to, at least to begin with, anyway. Yeah, yeah, we, we thought we'd ship without an artist, but we've um, since got a friend of ours um, who we worked with back in the studio, to, who's now also a indie, to um, help us out a lot on the, the art side of things. And he's made the and game he, so much better. It's just yeah, he he kind of showed to us that no, we actually did need an artist. <laughs> the stuff we thought we could get away with, no way. Yeah, he's more of a designer, like a, a graphic designer in, in this role than an actual artist. Yeah, yeah, the, the game definitely has artist. has that uh, that touch to it. It's it's so minimalistic and clean, It it's just shouts graphic designer. Yeah, and then, like I said, I just didn't realize how much we required one <laughs> to really set the whole thing off, but it looks so much better than the alpha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I've only I only got to try it out since middle of October when I uh, came out to Indicade, but I I did look at some videos back and like the the way that you guys have changed the layout and pretty much minimalized it, it's crazy because you're still conveying the same amount of information, but there's less just miscellaneous stuff on the screen, and I absolutely love that. Yeah, it, it's a tricky one, eh? like. To- and, I mean, I obviously don't have a, a ton of experience in developing a, 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 an entire game because um, even when we're at a studio, you know, you only do what one small part of it. But I, I think developing a game with a minimalist 
aesthetic, it, it sounds easy. Like it sounds like it'll be easy because there's less <laughs> stuff to design. But man, it's tricky to um, to decide what is worth the additional complexity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because every feature that we add, well, you know, that could add potentially add depth to the game, comes at a cost and complexity of both compl- uh, making the UI more complex, making trying to learn the game harder. And you just, just if you've got to decide, you know, with every feature, you've got to weigh that that out. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it really does show that, that the amount of features we've added since even our first game jam entry is just so small. Because you, you know, we we had that instant mindset of okay, right, so we have to add this, we have to add that, we have to add this, and then we ended up hardly, pretty much removing almost everything that we added because it just didn't, didn't seem to give that much to the game so I think we've added carriages multiple locos and water features and that's it I think yeah we added the upgrades <laughs> oh yeah yes I remember that yeah yeah that's right because I remember we went through ahead about a fortnight afterwards after the game jam we were coming up with all of these ideas about about what to add and then um, and we did add half of them and we just removed them all again because <laughs> they didn't make the game much more fun although it, it it made it okay if you knew how it all works but it made having to get into the game really difficult. And, and I, I think this from this one game has taught me a lot about game. Just, just so much time and things. I just, just, yeah, just about that. Everything comes at a, you know, just just adding things it isn't the best way to write about things. <laughs> yep. You know, I I've heard that before. Uh, trying to think who said that i don't know we this is our 50 second broadcast we've had yeah way too many people i can't keep track of them all but no like game design with that you gotta, you gotta balance it all out for sure yeah we, we decided to um that it was quite important i think i can't remember where i learned that from um where i heard that from but just how you've got to concentrate on a couple of key elemental things that your game will be about and what we decided um, was that the core mechanic was going to be just placing the um, deciding on where your lines were going to be, and that was it. It wasn't going to be any of the, the the standard simulation stuff that we're going to bolt onto it about buying upgrades and managing income and yeah, you know, just all of the, oh, the um, all of the simulation, all of the things that a traditional uh, transit or city simulation would, would have because um, we realised it wasn't the game wasn't about that the game was about placing the building in a yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. line so then anything that was more about a simulation rather than making just, an efficient just, network yeah. we decided to omit um, whereas before we were just planning on you know, adding all that stuff in and, and also the other key thing which was uh, aptly enough theme for the the game jam, which where we developed it, um, was minimalism. So everything we want, everything we're looking to add, you know, we we compare it to that <laughs> that ideal and say, is, does this make? Is this still keeping the game? Yeah, and I think once we actually, once we kind of wrote that down and we had that to compare everything to, that was when we began to think, no, no, we're 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 on completely the wrong track here, and we just yeah. removed. Yeah, all of well, half the stuff that we'd added in because it just it was like we were just adding it in just 
for its own sake. There becomes a point, especially in a game this simple, which which looks this simple, I should say, that you're you're almost trying to prove to people that it's worth the money they're spending on it. And yet, you know, we have this kind of attitude that that uh, if there isn't enough in there, you can't charge very much for it, or it seems like a flash game almost. Yeah, well, which is an epithet that we've heard uh, about our game of <laughs> yeah. um, So it's almost like we, we felt we, we felt compelled to add more stuff and just say no, no, no. It's a real game because it's it's got fifteen things you can you know add on da da da. But um, yeah, that happened around. Was, what was it um, around Alpha nine or ten? Yeah, yeah. When we were still in a real. Um, quandary about what the game was really going to be and how complex it was going to be so we went from alpha 8 which was a really um oh yeah i don't know if you know how we were working on it before but basically we, we put a uh, we had a um alpha for f- really playable um online from about september 2013 and then we were updating that every few weeks uh, so we were playing around a lot with the, the elements of the game design in each one so in Alpha 8 we had a really bare bones um, quite simple one where it had a very straightforward upgrade scheme and then um, heard a lot of gave a lot of mixed feedback about that so in Alpha 9 we went to a much more complicated upgrade scheme and Alpha 10 even more complicated and yeah, that was when we just decided. Okay, this actually is not. It's making the focus rather on, rather than the, rather than putting the focus on the the core mechanic. It's putting the focus on the upgrade system, which was really just meant to put the the core mechanic, the line building. Um, it's meant to well for a context for that mechanic, but it was just totally taking front stage and. Uh, you know, stage so that was when we just decided okay cut it back and I think we're at a, at a good place now with the upgrade scheme we haven't mm-hmm. played around with it at all since um, since we've gone up on no, stage no we haven't no we haven't touched it which, which I think is good yeah I think it shows it's reasonably that we're on the right path anyway yeah yeah we've still got a, few, a couple of things we want to play around with um, with it just to increase but it's more to increase diversity and and the stages mm-hmm. rather than actually alter it um, for everything. <laughs> yeyeah. Yeah, so have you guys added any new stages since Indicate? I haven't checked out the game in, in a little while. Uh, yeah, yeah. We've added, we've got up to 10 new maps now. That's what we're planning on launching with. Uh, I think Indicate we had five, four or five maps five? available. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, remember, like, I, I think almost everyone just played the default map because they only ever play you know you, you basically I think play one York game got, plays. I think New York got the most plays I think they got half of them at least and then there was a few people who played in South Island but, but yeah yeah. anyway so yeah we've added 10 um, that's, so that's what we're going to ship with we've got a whole bunch of ideas for other ones and many suggestions <laughs> oh yeah so many suggestions so, yeah so we are looking at still diversifying the way they play they, they do play differently now um, but we're thinking yeah as Pete said of altering the upgrades and like that so that each one feels a bit more different than, than, than the others because yeah one thing we don't want to make don't want to have is that they all just play the same mm-hmm. you just play the same game anyway and you're like well, why did they even add in all these maps if they're all the same 
do you think you'll have any sort of, um, I, I guess landmarks maybe? Because I know a while back that you guys had uh, names for each like stop on there, and then you removed that. Uh, do you think you'll have like landmarks in each one to give it a little more of a, a feel? I guess we we don't. Yeah, the thing is, we we while we want each make to play differently from each other, we don't want them every play to play the same mm-hmm. on, on each map. So we are a little bit. I mean, we we do we do kind of put limitations in where the stations appear in each map, so that the idea is that they does still feel the same as the actual real map. Um, but we know that the more we add to, to theme it, the more it'll f- the, the, like, the more it will restrict the way the map can pan out. Okay. So so yeah, that's one thing that we we, we should really experiment a bit more with it. But we we a little bit worried, yeah, that that would just make every map play the same every time. Yeah, we can do a request for that for people being able to um, put in names on stations and lines. Oh, specifically, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I could imagine in a sandbo- in the sandbox mode when we get around to adding that, um, we could have a way to do that, but it, it just becomes a, like I was saying earlier, like to implement the interface to that just adds complexity. You know, every, everything adds complexity, so how do you do that? Yeah. How, what's the elegant way to do that? And not just on PC, of course, it's going on iOS and Android and all that sort of thing, so... There's a lot of complexity. On yeah. yeah, yeah. And you got to think, I mean, yeah, it'd be kind of fun, but would people do that every time or would it just be this thing that you do once for a screenshot and then that's it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just difficult to know how people kind of play the game. So I guess that's one benefit to open development, though, is um, we can always add things in like that later um, if there is a high demand for it. Or yeah, we see a lot of people asking for it. But yeah, just like you were saying, Rob, you, you still don't know whether just because someone's asking for it, how many, you know, is it actually going to add something to the game, or do people? Yeah. It's well, that's a thing that we've had to really work on. Is that you know we've had heaps of requests just just for things that we we wouldn't think of or we did but thought that they would be very useful. And you've really got to analyze it and think: Are they asking for it just because they had this cool idea? And and they think it'd be fun, but actually it wouldn't be. Or, like, as a, the game designer has a much different attitude to what's a good thing or a bad thing to the person actually using the game. And you, you have to think about what the, about why they're asking for a certain thing, not just have a net PG creation. So, okay, well, everyone's asking for it, so therefore I should, I should add it in. And that's, that's been really difficult, actually, is deciding what's a reasonable request and what's just like, ah, I don't think they know what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it, I guess in a way it's similar to the sort of the, um, the iPhone 6, right, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like the, is Apple responding to people saying they want bigger handsets and just thinking, okay, well, we'll make a bigger handset, whereas the old Apple would say, no, 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 you don't actually want a big handset. You, you want a small one. You just think you want a big one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I guess, but yeah, the thing that they have that they've kind of lost now is being able to convince people that they're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so giving people what they're asking for rather than giving people what they actually want. Yeah, yeah, and that's really difficult. Yeah. So uh, let's let's jump to Indiecade. Did you guys have a good time? 
Yes. Yeah, we were pretty <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it was. It's so bizarre being at a place at a festival like that, coming from New, New Zealand. You know, we're um, you, you know, we hear and see a lot about um, about you know, the whole indie scene online, but actually being there in the right in the face of it was just so surreal. Mm-hmm. And, and like I was saying, over email, I think it's just weird. Like you feel like you know so many people in the scene already, just because you you know you hit, you see them on, online all the time. You um, hit people they say, you read articles they write, and whatnot. And then you go there, and then they're right there. And, but they I, don't. I think, I think that's the thing. They're coming from yeah, they're coming from an isolated place. Yeah, it's that often. You kind of forget that these people are actually real people, and that they exist and have friends and talk with other people just like you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it can be really kind of yeah, you get this sort of starstruck almost kind of thing where you're like, oh my god, that you know he's over there, and you know you just see everybody, and then you're realizing, oh, they're just they're just doing what I'm doing. It's just it's just the same. It's just that I know who they are, and they don't know who I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's pretty cool. It used to be kind of the same for me. Uh, I I grew up in Minnesota, so there's like nothing nothing going on yep. here with the scene. So it's a similar thing, uh, but I don't know. I guess doing the the show kind of nullified me to that stardom mm. a bit because it's like, oh hey, I've talked to a lot of these guys. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess for us as well, it's really easy for us to think that uh, everyone in the states is from LA. Yeah, <laughs> it's a really easy thing to. Yeah, you you do forget the states is a very big place with a great vast amounts of emptiness. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that that is very true. It's just I guess also it's it takes us a, a long, uh, expensive flight to get there. Whereas I guess it's not so much so. Though we found that there were people who had to take longer flights than us. I think the guys from White Paper Studios. I mean, they they <laughs> they flew longer than we did. Oh, of course, they were from England, right? Fine. So they were all over the West Coast, yeah. Yeah, 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 which is a bit more than than, than, than our flight, yeah. Yeah. It was the longest flight I had taken. It was from uh, Florida to out to LA. So was that about five or six hours? Huh? Is that about five or six hours? Yeah. Um, I think there was like an hour layover in Dallas or Houston. I don't remember uh, <laughs> where I was, but something like that, yeah. I'd only ever flew in between Minnesota and Florida, which is like three, maybe four-hour flights. Uh, okay. Yeah, for us, it's not. It's pretty convenient, actually. Um, Indicate is definitely the best festival for us to get to because we fly direct into LA. I have to worry about any internal connections or anything like that. So it's a 13-hour flight on the way there and 11 on the way back. Or the other way around, I can't remember. But yeah, at, at least you don't you don't have to wait 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 for a. a uh, the um, um, internal flight. That's 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 what goes through just, American security and all that stuff. It's, uh, it's always rigid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. If if you do land and you have another flight, you usually don't have to go back through security. So. Oh yeah. True. True. Yeah. Yeah. Although you, you, yeah, we we do if we have an international to domestic connection. Oh yeah. Then Odds that... are you're gonna go out of the terminal you're in and into a new terminal. True. Yep. Anyway, this is this is all just completely yeah blah blah blah. Yeah, hey, I've never <laughs> flown out of the U.S. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Technic, 
is a long whole uh, ear trouble. Well, it, it does it does add on to the complexity of, of being a an international game developer. You mean? Uh, yeah, yeah. Operating out of the states, in the community. It's it's it, may, it, it does add a fair few roadblocks because I think you know as as much as the internet does make it possible for you to participate in things like that, being face to face is just it's just ten ten times more engaging yeah that was that was funny that was one of the interesting things is like when all of the industry and press is going through NDK you know and seeing our game and all of the other games in the fire station and um, being shown elsewhere around NDK yeah, you realise the exposure you get like because these are people who would never have heard of our game mm-hmm. um, and now they're we're just talking to them face to face about it and you know we, um, there were people talking to us from all sorts that we wouldn't we wouldn't ever yeah. that's what it's uh, and, you, and you see all of these not well just connections being made yeah that, that wouldn't otherwise be made and then you realise that oh it is actually really important that we get out to these things <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it may be expensive and a real pain to get to but uh, yeah the, the stuff you get from it and just the connection with the indie community and and whatnot was awesome. And, and Indiecade is a really amazing festival to go to. Oh, absolutely. I had no idea. I'd been to the Game Developers Conference in 2004 for work at, at my old studio once before. Um, but Indiecade was just, uh, just seeing the depth, the breadth, I mean, of game development, of indie games is just incredible. You know, just shows how important indie games are. Yeah. yeah, I think it, it's it's it, to me it they, they really seem to uh, it, it seems to be a very important festival in that it's it's it really believes in the power of gaming just for doing you know anything for getting messages across for engaging with communities and things like that it's it's that they kind of believe in it and and are really passionate about it um, so that that, that, that I, I found it very inspiring. Yeah, and it was kind of um, very humbling for Mini Metro to be there. Yes. <laughs> like, I mean, it's amazing to get selected. I couldn't believe it when, it when we got the email. But then when we're there among all these other really powerful games, sorry, among these powerful games, it's like, what is Mini Metro doing here? You know, it, it, it seems like a really sort of ordinary game that's not trying to um, save the world in a way. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I can totally get that. Eh? Like you're looking so, at other games that seem to be very important, and you're looking at our game, thinking it's kind of cool. <laughs> okay, is it? I don't know. Some people like it. Yeah. So that was it. Was awesome to be a part of that. Yeah. Yeah. No. When I was walking by you guys' booth out in the firehouse, um, I recognized it, and I finally figured it out when you guys were talking about. Uh, Game jams earlier. You you guys entered into Ludum Dare twenty seven, right? Twenty six. Twenty six. Oh, I was yeah. one off. Shoot. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I I recognized it from that, and I was like, oh hey, I should go check it out. And that kind of ties in with what you're saying. Like, people normally just wouldn't go check out your game unless you you went out there, kind of, because it was smack right in their face, and they got to try it out in person and really actually find out what it is without just watching a video. Yeah, yeah. It did help that we were right by the um, entrance as well. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. And you guys had those, what What were they? The uh, little snacks? Lumps. We had pineapple lumps there, which seemed to go down a tree 
Yeah, was that was my idea of Pete was like, really? Pineapple lumps? Seriously? But honestly, they were a mess of it. I could not believe it. <laughs> everyone loved them. Yeah, we don't we don't have anything like that over here. There, there was one, <laughs> but everything else. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, though, though, there was one guy that was like, you want me to eat a lump of food? He just, it just seemed, <laughs> it wasn't a very compelling name. A lump of pineapple. Mm, that just sounds delicious. Oh, it's a lump of fake pineapple, even better. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't taste anything like pineapples. No. But, no, that's, that's fine. Yeah, I think we'll definitely be bringing them back. I think if we didn't, next time we went over, we'd there be complaints. Yeah, I think that'll have to be our, our thing, really, is yeah. bringing over this bizarre New Zealand confectionery. I was trying to think what we could bring over next time, um, but I don't know if any, we have anything kind of unique besides pineapple lumps. And Anyway, I'll, I'll have to put my... Oh, what's what's the stuff that you guys put on uh, toast? What's that called again? Um, or maybe that no, I think that's Australia that I'm thinking of. I'm sorry. Um, the 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 one is called Vegemite. It tastes the same to me, honestly. It tastes it's like tar. <laughs> but if, if you speak to an aficionado, they'll they they would not approve of that. Like my wife, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's horrible stuff. Oh, God, it's just, yeah. But anyway, we, we could always bring some over. Apparently, Americans run into trouble with it if they're not told how to spread it, because they'll spread it like oh, a it's just really thick. thick. Oh, oh, oh wow. So, no, it's, it's meant to be a thin scraping on a slice of toast, and even then, I can't eat it. <laughs> it's just overpowering. It's an inch thick. We like just eating wood salt. I mean, it's just, ugh. So the jar should last a year or two, is what oh, you're saying. I, yeah, I remember when we were growing up, our parents had a, a jar, and I don't yeah. think did they even anyone even open that? I don't I know, know. It was it the same. Last a long time. The, yeah. the same jar of marmite was sitting on the bench for uh, a, a very, very long time. I think my entire childhood. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I, I don't know. Is it still there? <laughs> oh, it oh, doesn't go off. Let's I'll have to have a look the next time we go up and uh, <laughs> check if it's still there. Yeah, you'll have to send me an email. Hey, here's here's a picture of it. <laughs> we'll we'll put it as the uh, the cover photo on uh, the broadcast. <laughs> oh, that's that sounds perfect. Yeah. So, did you guys get a chance to walk around Indicate at all, or were you mostly yeah, just yeah, in the yeah, firehouse? There were a bunch of us there. There was yeah, we had um, three of us there, so we got the opportunity to kind of. Tag, tag team the booth a bit um, yeah so uh, yeah so we, we did walk around I walked around the fire station a bit and played uh, maybe half a dozen of the games so I mean there were 30 there 36 mm-hmm. so I mean I didn't play that many I did think I did see most of them but I didn't uh, and yeah I walked around the main area for a bit and of course we were there for the Thursday and Friday as well um, so I think the firehouse began at about 2pm on Friday so we had a about half a day for the main festival. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, managed to get to a few of the discussions and, and whatnot, which were quite quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, true, true. Yeah. So I, I think I mean it's always you're there when you're actually ex- when you're there as part of the. Um, yeah, you know, you you don't really get a chance to see as much as you would like to, but I, I think you if you pick well, you can usually see the see see the highlights. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean... It was funny when, um, when, when they first sent through the schedule, and I was like, oh, okay, so all of the really cool stuff is on when we're exhibiting at the firehouse. <laughs> yeah. Well, this, they, they didn't plan this very well, well for me. <laughs> but, yeah, we, I think we managed to get to get to some stuff, which is nice. Yeah, I was checking something out uh, from 4 to 5 uh, on Friday, and then I was like, there's something else that's going on right now, and it's not on the schedule. What... <laughs> what am I forgetting? And I'm talking to someone and he's like, wait, your press? Why aren't you down at the firehouse? And I'm like, oh my God, no. <laughs> so I, I ran down that there. That was funny. That, Cause they, um, they were delaying it. They had to keep everyone at the door for half an hour because it wasn't the power went out, right? Someone, they, they, yeah, they finally, they over- cause everyone was plugging in their huge alienware machines and whatnot. And um, mm. it finally popped a fuse. So then they had to run this ex- giant extension cable um, around the whole thing. And they had to get the people, like the f- firefighters themselves were, and like, and for some reason in their full firefighting units, yeah. cl- were climbing up to the roof to run this power thing over. Meanwhile, you could see the press outside were just, just couldn't wait, itching to get in. Um, that was terrible. I think I the... The guy next to us was had his um, his game name. He was holding on a on a piece of cardboard or something in front of the the guys that were putting the thing because because everyone was getting all of the priests were taking photos of it. So we thought that was an excellent opportunity to get his game name. Oh man, was that framed? Think, yeah, 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 yep. yeah, yeah. That was framed. And I think Pete, you were fixing. You were trying to fix something. Yeah. On. So, yeah, as the press were in there half an hour later, I was trying to fix something on the bill. I can't remember what it was. I think we managed to get it in just as the first press people actually were allowed in. So, uh, you, 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 you only missed half an hour of the, the press thing. <laughs> it was quite a, quite a terrifying experience just seeing all of these press guys just waiting to just pounce on you. It's, it was... It wasn't that bad, though. Yeah, because that was no, no, it was fine once it hit, but it was. I remember feeling quite tense about it. I was like, "Man, this is going to be this is going to." Because that was the first time it was showing the game off. Yeah, anybody. I mean, obviously, it had already been up for sale for a month or whatever on Steam, but we'd never actually demoed it to anybody or done any playtesting, any in-person playtesting or anything. And then all of a sudden, we were showing it off to press. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah. Yeah, so how was it watching everybody's different play styles? And was there anybody that had played it before? Yeah, there were there was there were a few people that had played it before. Um, so yes, some people didn't want to take up the time um, because I mean, you know, only having one one uh, uh, computer there, we didn't have a great deal of, of opportunities for for, for uh, heaps of people to play it. Mm-hmm. There was one guy that came back about three or four times and he kept on playing it again. And again. But I think, <laughs> I think we did really learn a lot from it, and, and we saw the same mistakes being made again and again and again. Which means that really we'd done we'd done things things uh, yeah. wrong. So we did fix up a couple of key issues from that. There was um, one issue that kept coming up in like pretty much every single game, and I fixed it in about a, a day after Indie Like the first thing I worked on, I fixed. It. I was like, why didn't we do this before? <laughs> Because we had to step in and explain what was happening to every person that was playing it. I was like, okay, something's wrong. So, yeah, and we're still working on a um, uh, an easy 
easier, not, I don't know if you call it a tutorial, but just a slightly staged introduction to the first game, mm-hmm. just so it introduces the concepts one at a time and are really easy to learn, hopefully. Um, yeah. I, I think it's, it's that same thing that, that when you're designing a game, you know everything about it and you completely understand every element of it. Yep. And it's really hard, no matter how basic your game is, to, to tell... To, to 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 ex- explain that, and you just think it's really easy because of course it's easy to understand because you. It makes game. so much sense, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then when this person has just been playing it and they they've, they've been playing all these other games and they don't know anything about your game at all, you can't really expect them to just sit down and work it out. So uh, the, that that I think was probably the, the, the biggest thing that we learned is just that. That our game isn't as easy as we think it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's something we've been wrestling with as well. Is one thing I, one thing we were always wanting to do is not is let people figure it out by themselves and not and hold them and and yeah, have like an instruction sheet and big um, arrows that say you know you're, you're supposed to go here now and and sort of let people discover how the game works for themselves. But at the same time. You don't want it to be frustrating to figure out. Yeah. So try to trying to find the balance between that and fig, and, and I guess that's what seeing people play it at Indicate was showing us is where the frustration is and the things we need to smooth over. But still trying, you know, still as we, as we do that, trying to give people room to discover it for themselves because it's so much more um, rewarding when you figure when you you know you figure it out for yourself rather than you know, just the game explaining to you in black and white exactly how the game operates yeah I think that's the difference though between rules and the interactions between the rules and I think you know so right yeah yeah good point so if the game just says no this, this won't work then that's frust- that's that's frustrating but if if it's you if it's you seeing how two things can work together then that's don't that's work together Oh, don't work together well. Yeah, then that's that's the bit which you're like, yeah, I just worked that out. That's cool, and I think that's the thing. I think we might be getting confused between those those two in, in the game. Yeah, yes, because it's the rules of the game. The um, so, uh, there are a couple of, of rules that make so much sense to us, but yeah, it, it confuses people. I don't know why they're not allowed to do certain things. Yeah, you're right, and that's something we still want to work on. How the the errors are displayed and and communicated. Yeah. Because that, that was something we had to step in and tell people, and of course, not if a very small percentage of the people who play the game will have us yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, at their beckon yeah. to explain to them how, how the, the game works. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think I was kind of confused at first uh, why you can overlap tracks, but then I thought about it and I was like, oh, that, that makes That's a lot the big of sense. One. And, and, um, it's not so much <laughs> why you can't, but also just how we say that you can't. You know. <laughs> Um, and, and watching people build tracks and how they build tracks is um, was instructive to us uh, and helped yeah. us design a new way to, to show that, which we still actually haven't put in the game, but it's <laughs> on the list of things to do. <clears throat> do you do you guys have any ideas on doing some sort of like two player mode or something? We have a lot of ideas. It, we'd love to add it after release. I mean, we, 
the way that the um, the way that we're trying to run the early access and just sort of get through um, open de- this open development is you know, we've got sort of a core list of features, and this has been back from um, April or um, May when we started accepting pre-orders. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we sort of have the, this list of features like that. This is what is guaranteed to be in the game. You know, like if you pay your four bucks as it was then, um, this is what you are going to get it at some point. Um, and that, oh, that does not include um, like a map editor or multiplayer, which is stuff that we'd love to add. Um, but it just sort of depends on um, how long we can afford to keep we'll keep working on it. So then we've got a whole bunch of other features which um, multiplayer is part of that that we would love to add. So we've been sort of quietly thinking away and, and people have been sending in su- suggestions as to what they would like to see. And we've had a lot of... Uh, some people want um, a competitive mode. Other people want a mode where uh, one player is designing the map and other people are trying to get to places on the <laughs> map. Um, or you're just... It's, purely cooperative thing where you're both playing the same game you know, and you're both just just helping each other build the same and build the best map and so yeah we've got a heaps of ideas on it um, but yeah we're still just trying to get it to that version 1.0 which is audio bug free well you know as bug free as a game can be um ios and android you know all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. uh, first so with the cooperative mode like uh doing Having it so that they help each other, would you would you guys make it so both players can do exactly the same, or would you make it so certain players, or maybe like player one can only do certain shapes, player two can do other shapes, or something like that? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's the sort of thing we haven't even iterated that. You know, so you really got to just <laughs> I suppose, play yeah. it and iterate and see what what was fun and what what you think because you just don't know. I mean. You think something sounds like a great idea, and then you've got one player that's not doing anything for half an hour while the other player's off doing all the exciting stuff. So, I don't know. We'll just have to have a th- th- throw a few ideas in there and see what works and see what's fun. It definitely seems like the sort of thing where there could be a lot of different ways to play a multiplayer rather than just the one way. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. yeah, yeah and once. Yeah, I think that once you've got the basic multiplayer code in there, it would be quite. We could iterate quite fast on on different ideas. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Just more modes to program. That's all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Icons to design. What, what we're finding is that the actual iterating game ideas is pretty fast. It, it what takes time is I, I guess every now and then you, you hit something which will take quite a lot of time to implement but what generally takes the time is then playing it and figuring yeah. out is this fun is this more fun than it was before <laughs> it, it becomes really hard to work that out uh, i found that's very very hard is the actually figuring out if something is fun or not because it's, I've, when it's I've a been game for years now and it's just, you just don't know mm-hmm. yeah. is it fun or am i just really excited to get this in <laughs> Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, am I excited that there are no issues that the code I wrote if this time? Wow, that, that's fun. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's when we, we probably we do need a more um, uh, codified <clears throat> playtesting way, you know, of getting external people to play the game and that sort of thing. That would be really helpful, doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, getting... Because uh, I remember 
remember when Tom Fra- I was reading about how Tom Francis did his plate testing um, when he was doing um, Endpoint, and he had 15,000 people who had signed up on his mailing list to get the game, to, to um, play around with the alpha. So he'd, every time he wanted to do a play test, he'd fire off to 100 people or so, um, send them the build, get them to fill out a Google Docs evaluation for it you know, about how fun that this bit was how fun that bit was and he'd then use that information um, and then those 100 people wouldn't ever get an email again so he was always getting f- f- fresh people mm-hmm. you know this is going back to um, what we were talking about previously when the complexity we were adding in in Alpha 19 was in response it was partly in response to the most vocal diehard fans of the game who was who were wanting always more complexity, more stuff in the game. But of course you don't hear from the people that look at the more complex game and stop playing it and don't ever email you or anything about it. So mm-hmm. you can't keep listening to the same people over and over again because then you're making a game for a much smaller audience. Yeah, this ties in with, uh, what, have, do you guys keep up with Vlambeer much? Uh, yeah, I, tend to, I, I follow, uh, yeah, yeah, Ismail, so. mm-hmm. yeah, they, they're doing something right now with Nuclear Throne, where every single person that has owned it on Steam prior to 2015 gets a free copy to send out to whoever they want. Yeah, that, that, it's a phenomenal way to <laughs> increase the number of people that are playing a game. And, and they're doing it exactly for what you're saying, is, like, to get more fresh people in. And that's that's even what they said in the letter, is, like, try to find somebody that you know would enjoy it and would give a unique uh, unique user to the user base, basically. Oh, that's, that's awesome. That's, yeah. Well, they, they come up with great ideas like that. They need <laughs> to stop. They're stealing it from all of us. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody else can come up with a good one, because it's like, oh, we got another one. <laughs> Bad idea. I wonder how many other indie studios are going to start doing stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, because it is just as, as, as I read that ordinary thing to do. Yeah, yeah as soon as I read that, I'm like, oh, that what? That is a fantastic idea. But of course, if we did exactly that, then it'll be like, what? That's just what they. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. They've done all sorts of crazy stuff. I remember one weekend they had it. So any any time someone looped the game, like uh, not not anybody. Uh, live streamers maybe it was anybody but basically a steam code would show up on the screen and then whoever was watching could go steal that code quick it's like what you guys are just giving away games this is crazy but it it helps them out in the long run so yeah oh yeah yeah that's what um yeah you have to learn that is this give it you're not giving away any i mean you to give away a copy of a game you're not actually handing someone no, it's a very different price. price. I mean, it's an yeah. investment, really. Mm-hmm. The, more, the more people you have playing your game, the more people there are playing your, your game. And then it's just, if you've got a good game, then uh, it's not going to end there. Yep. And then half the people getting it are just excited for a free game, and the other half are people that can't afford it. So then they're, they're yeah. all pumped, and then they show their friends, and they go get the game or wait for a code. <laughs> Yeah, it was quite a relief in a way when we saw um, the game was up, you know, for f- 
for download. Um, because if it wasn't, if it hadn't been hacked and you know, put, put it online, that would have been quite distressing, actually. Mm-hmm. How was the whole process? Right. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, 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 no as you were. Oh, I, I was going to just ask, uh, how, how was the whole process with Steam Greenlight for you guys? <laughs> that, uh, that was funny. That was the bit I was worried about the most when we were going into it. Like, how most people are. are we going to get 20,000 votes or whatever it is you need? It's quite yeah. daunting, eh? It's because it's, it's not like you're competing against like a fixed thing you know you're competing against other games and that's it you know you just have to be in the top 50 or or, or 100 or so and you're thinking there have got to be 100 better games than this one like it, it's quite scary yeah, yeah and you're just really worried that you're not going to get you, that, that you're not going to see any votes after the first week and that you're just going to plateau and this is going to be this thing that you you know see every week's just going to yeah but um we did, yeah, we did pretty well out of it. That, that was the first time we realised, okay, this might be something big. Cause, well, that was when I went full time on it. Was, um, yeah, because yeah. we put it up on Secret Night in March. And then, um, yeah, we, we got a really good... Re- uh, the, the first few responses was like, what is this piece of crap doing? Because yeah, I think Long Flash Game came up a few times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was basically the very <laughs> first comment I had on Secret <laughs> Um, which we're kind of expecting as well, because that was also the first time I was being exposed to like a mainstream audience. Yep. Yeah. You just don't know what people. What's this casual crap? Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. And we actually had advice from a, um, a friend uh, who had an iOS game that he brought onto Steam, and he said getting it through Steam Greenlight was so difficult. So he recommended we go Steam first, then iOS afterwards, just because you go on iOS and then bring it to Steam and everyone's like yeah exactly you know why are you bringing a phone game onto Steam blah 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 mm-hmm. um, but if you do it the other way then hopefully <laughs> the iOS market and Android market will be excited to get a Steam game you know like a big game on, on their phone yep um, weird so uh, see for us it actually went really well we, we got really good response the first couple of days which is when um which is when like your game right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because your game gets in front of so many people on those first two days because it's put into everyone's Steam the queue. Um, and but after that, you're sort of on your own. Um, mm-hmm. So we started to plateau off because um, I think at that point, like about twenty-five or thirty percent of the votes necessary to get into the top one hundred. Uh, and then we got mainstream press from somewhere. So. We got on all of these big sites. It was crazy. Um, it began on The Verge, and then from there... <laughs> the Verge, wow. Yeah, we're like front yeah. page of The Verge. It was just... <laughs> and then from there, it just goes everywhere. And then we were on Gizmodo and Kotaku and Rock Shotgun and stuff like that. But it was the face of the mainstream was press was just, was just went nuts. Um, and then I, I think we got like, traffic. From, we got a heap of traffic. We're not, and not actually a, a really low conversion rate, funnily enough, to Steamboats because, you know, Obviously, when you're getting mainstream press, oh, you get course, heaps yeah. of eyeballs, but not lots of heaps of not eyeballs who are logged into Steam, uh, <laughs> which is a pain. But still, I mean, obviously, when you're getting that many, you still got a, a ton of uh, votes coming in. And then, basically, from that first day, it was obvious we were going to get through on the next batch. I mean, that the, our votes. Actually, just I remember a batch went through 
after 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 we were on for a week and we were about 80 percent it was just like man nearly missed out but then there was one that happened two weeks after that and then we were number two i think on steam steam green light wow yeah it, it's just it was weird like like every hour it just went up and up and up it was <laughs> it was just surreal yeah and i remember i went into work on monday the day after we kind of went went big and i had all of these all these guys at work were like hey i was I uh, uh, saw your game on this, this or that site, and they 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 all see different sites that they've seen it on, or that they or or that they'd um, um, heard it from. It was really weird. It was like, yeah, and then from that point on, I think everyone was kind of expecting me to res- like they kind of thought I made it big at that point. <laughs> It's like they're not paying for it yet. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that took a while. Not to actually get anything off of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was from that point that I went full time on it because I actually um, that was a weird moment because uh, my wife and I just um, just had our second child and or it um, uh, the uh, she was about like six weeks old or something at that point and we were. One of us was going to have to go back to back to work, so I I already applied and had been to my first interview uh, at another game de- de- development um, job, and then we decided actually looking like this will probably provide an in- you know, possibly provide an income, so I ended up staying uh, turning down this second interview and going full time on many many Metro instead. Because there was a slight problem that it did take a lot longer than we thought to provide an income, but, but we managed to survive. So how, how was that explaining to your wife? Uh, I'm going to just Actually, work on this game full she time. Was, I think Ari was um, suggesting it. She was, she's been behind it all the way, really. It's been quite amazing. Um, I couldn't have asked for a more supportive spouse, so... Yeah, I don't have any complaints on that regard. Perfect. And how about you, Rob? How is how's the transition for you? Or were you working yeah. on it full time the entire time? No, no, no. I I had a day job um, that was yeah in a really good outfit. So I was kind of I probably should have left the same time picked it, but I was really loath to kind of say goodbye to everybody. So I, I kind of hung around there a lot longer than I probably should have. So I actually <laughs> left and went full time in November. Um, so yeah, it's only been a couple of months for me now. Um, but yeah, it's 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 been it's been good because um, it's yeah it's been kind of a thing that as as yeah we said earlier it's you know we've always kind of done, had this kind of on the on again off again game development um, <laughs> uh, gig. So and it's been really good to actually see it uh, kind of show fruits. Yeah. Kind of, kind of suggest we might be on the on the right path, I suppose. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been so bizarre actually because I, I've always obviously had this vision of being a um, full time independent game developer, but to actually have that happen is just was still so unexpected. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think we're under, under any illusion that what's happened is normal. I mean, it, it does. It still does seem that we've just hit this jackpot. Um, 
it's just so unexpected and, and not at all what you know it's always what you hope for but never what you ever really expect <laughs> so, yeah hey I'll just do this thing and it'll be really successful and everyone will pay me for it yeah 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 you know so that's that's kind of always what you hope's going to happen but yeah I guess you just got to make like when it does when it does happen you just have to make them most of it Perfect. Basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, there's there's so many indies out there that hope to make it big, and yeah. So, oh, shoot, where was I just about to go? I don't remember. <laughs> so, how long do you think you'll be working on Mini Metro for the future? Do you think it'll be out this year? Summer? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I yeah. hope so. Well, that's what I thought in April 2013 but yeah no, literally out this year I think it the way it's the, the, the way sales have been going and um, yeah I think we're working on it for probably the majority of this year um, I, I, I don't see us not working to working for all of all of this year on it yeah, yeah. yeah there's just so many possible things to add and ways to improve it and platforms to get it out on so, so we, we have we're kind of kicking around a few ideas for for the next game, but we we're kind of too scared to look too much into it because we know that we just really have to concentrate on on the game we have now and and, and not try and do s- something else before um, you know too too early. Yeah, you don't want to get it. You don't want to be that guy. You know, you don't want to get too excited about the next project and then abandon the one that's almost completed. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and, and, and even once it's done, that's 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 only halfway. I mean, we've got yeah, we we want to support it as long as we can. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was me most of my teenage years. Oh hey, working on this project. Uh, getting getting bored. Let's go work on something else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you always think, no, no, but this one's going to be the one that I'm going to do. Yeah, but it's yeah. it's but there'll always, always be another project. That's the yeah. That's the way it works. Yeah, I was thinking about going back a while, or uh, going back a while back. Wow, that was a crappy sentence. Um, <laughs> and like finding all the old, all the old game maker files that I had on my 2003 Dell Windows XP computer, and finishing finishing some of them up because, like back then, it was a lot of work. But now it's like, oh, that really isn't a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Creating some like early years comp conflict compilation there we go oh, nice. yeah that would, that would be neat because with uh, with Ro and I we'll often we'll just talk about game ideas and then never actually implement a lot to a point where we can iterate so we always just talk ourselves around in circles and iterate in our heads about how we think it'll work and then abandon ideas before we even begun them because you know we've already convinced ourselves that they're not going to work <laughs> <laughs> So we've got a lot of uh, ephemeral ideas. Yeah, that's the problem, though, isn't it? That it takes a lot. You know, you've got all you know, hundreds and hundreds of ideas, but the time it takes to actually see if they're going to be any good can be quite long. And you know that they're never going to get done all of these ideas because because you haven't got enough enough energy. Or, yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah. No. <laughs> I I still have a game idea from when I was thirteen that I haven't begun yet because it's gonna take twenty years to do it yeah. all. <laughs> uh, yeah, as every game idea you have when you're thirteen and is it, you yeah. always come up with the most awesome, you know, the fan, 
fantastically extravagant idea that you don't realize it's going to take forever. You know, that would take a studio of 100, you know, five years to produce. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's the sort of game we, would, we were working on when we were in our spare time when we were <laughs> at, working at a studio, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, the you, whole, yeah. You think we kind of realise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, yeah. With ridiculous amounts of assets that have to be created and you don't oh, have yeah. at all on the team. <laughs> and, yeah. And you have, and after like a month's work, you have a height map. And you're like, sweet, we're about halfway there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, look at these, just had some bad guys. Yes, some magic. Sweet as. Yeah, it'll be done. No time. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've, got a, I've got an idea for a 12-part RPG series. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start in November. Yeah. yeah. That, that was my idea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I remember discussing with Walt when we were like, 15 or 16 or something. Some, so it's kind of like Ultima Online. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the MMO idea, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Which I have to say that that is, we were working on a uh, the game we were working on in 2006, 2008 was an was a persistent online thing. So we, we hesitate to refer to it as an MMO because it wasn't sort of massive but it was definitely had that sort of infrastructure requirement so I was like oh what were we thinking what were we thinking <laughs> could have used yeah. all that time ah oh, come on yeah and I think I think at the end of it we actually had a 3D rotating height map it was pretty neat I mean, the, stuff yeah, was cool. the game was pretty cool but we didn't have a game so that was the, the, the key <laughs> we had and then you show it off to your friends and you're like oh check this out and they're like oh that's cool <laughs> no it really is you have no idea what's going on here yeah yeah <laughs> you know, I actually remember doing that I remember showing showing a game we're working on in the spare time and I was just it was amazing like it had light maps um, you know bump map walls and dungeon and everything had, had these, these animated characters and stuff it, it was it seemed pretty awesome at the time and yeah, we had some friends around. We showed them, and honestly, the first thing they did was just they just laughed at it. And I realised that for for a non gamer looking at it, it just just it just looked awful. I just I just and I was like, <laughs> oh, the amount of work required to get them to not have that reaction is going to be absolutely <laughs> immense. You're going to have to finish the game. <sighs> yeah. Like, but you have no idea how much work went into that. That's right. <laughs> I sent that code into my application. Um, oh, so really? That did get me the job. Right. First digital job in the studio. So, yeah. Because they understood. Well, well, yeah, yeah. They, they can see it a lot better uh, than our random non developer friends. Yeah. So, do you guys have a lot of game developer friends out in New Zealand? Uh, yeah, yeah, there's, there's, there's a small Wellington, yeah, Wellington bunch of us. Um, there's, I don't know, how many sort of well, indie studios? The, um, there's now an organised get-together, so every month about, it's anywhere from sort of 70 to 110 people oh, wow. <laughs> get together. Um, the m- majority are students mm. and people sort of interested. I don't know how many are actual professional, like full-time professionals. 
probably about I would say... 30? I don't... If you only count independence, it would be... Oh, true, yeah. Yeah. At most, it would be half that. So I think most of those people are kind of just interested, but have no intention of really becoming a game developer. Or, yeah. or students who didn't oh, yes, yes, or students, yeah, want yeah. to be developed, you know, full-time developers, but um, yeah, I'd be a risk to start school. Yeah, still so got to uh, make it through the, the course. <laughs> yeah. So I think we have the a kind of a, a good hub, and I only see it getting bigger. Um, yeah, there, there was, yeah, there was kind of the, the one really successful guy we had here. He moved over to Melbourne. Um, a few months ago so I think that that was kind of a big boss that we felt there <laughs> yeah when you know one guy left <laughs> yeah what the population of Wellington's pretty 100,000 100,000 something like that yeah. yeah right Wellington yeah the whole whole area is about 300 but yeah I guess guess yeah, I I actually have a f- half a dozen friends out there. <laughs> one of them one of them wanted to do game development, but he's like, oh, I'll never figure it out. And it's like, no, 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 try it, try it. But yeah, yeah, you have to try it. Eh? Otherwise, you just don't know. I'm not but smart you... enough for that. Uh, yeah, yeah, but you were saying one hour persistent. Yeah, to 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 fully get into anything any sort of complicated hobby or yeah like this I and mean, it's it does take a lot of um, a lot of persistence to get through the frustrating stuff because there, there is a lot of frustration you know trying like, mm-hmm. to try figure something out just like there is with anything yeah you either gotta gotta push through and do the hard stuff or simplify your ideas yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, you've always got to have a project to work on as well. It's impossible to to learn something when you just try to learn the skill for its own sake. Mm-hmm. I was fine. Yeah, yeah. You need to learn it to accomplish a certain thing you want to get done. So you've always got to have like yeah, a project that you're trying to trying to get get underway, and then just figure out the bits as you acquire them. Yep. All right. So, um, it's been going for about an hour. Uh, are you guys good? I, I think we'll probably wrap it up in like 10, yeah. 15 minutes. That sounds sure. good. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. All right, so what, what else do you guys have planned for the future of Dinosaur Polo Club? Oh, we're trying not to think too hard about that, really. <laughs> we're trying just to plot out the course of mini metro development. And, I mean, we're, we're talking about other games, but... Like, like we were saying earlier, you don't really want to um, commit or fall in love with anything yet until Mini Metro is almost out the... Yeah, until we're at the stage where we can spare some time to to think about that and get things underway. So yeah, we still actually don't know what, how we're going to be working when... Because we're off on our, on our Christmas um, break at the moment, so mm-hmm. Rob's you're starting work on the 5th again, you said, so yes, beginning yes, of so next well, yeah. week and... And I'm still in the States with the in-laws till mid-Jan, so um, oh. once I get back, we still don't know what we'll be doing. We have to find an office for one thing. We've got yeah, yeah, because yeah. working from home is not really an option now, mm-hmm. so we had a shared office space we were at um, 
uh, late last year. I'm not sure what we're going to do when we get back. So still got to iron out some few, few little details like that. Do you guys think he'll stay in New Zealand? Yes. Yeah, I can't imagine moving away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, my wife's from the States, um, and we've talked about coming over here um, a few times, but we, we don't think we will. Yeah, we think we're quite quite happy where we are in, in New Zealand. She, he moved to New Zealand before she met me. She made she committed to staying in New Zealand before she met me, so, you know, it's I'm, I'm not the one that's anchoring her there. <laughs> Yeah, I've thought about moving to other countries, but it's like, oh, uh, there's there's so much here that I that I have, and it's yeah, it sounds like hard work. But being an expat it doesn't 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 sound easy, that's for sure. Okay, so the entire time we've been in the Skype call, like I've been wondering what what's in the background of your your Skype avatar, Peter. It's I I see teeth huh. and red. That is. <laughs> Was it Gen Con? That was Gen Con in twenty ten. No, twenty. Yeah, twenty eleven. Yeah, that was. Um, so, so at the Indianapolis airport, they had this big Dun- Dun- Dungeons and Dragons display, and actually, just to the left of Pete's head, there is me inside the dragon's mouth. Yeah. Oh yeah, actually, where, where is that? It's on our Prescott page. I'm pretty sure it is. Yes, yes, yes. I'll just um, get it and send you a link. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I want to see that. Yeah, so, so yeah, we, we happened to both be in Indy. Um, yeah, yeah uh, that was when my wife was working at a summer camp. She she went back to the states for three months um, to work at a summer camp where she used to work. I mean, we we she went as when she was fifteen or sixteen or so. Mm-hmm. So then I, I went over with her, and then um, and I'd managed to engineer our next overseas holiday with my wife that we happened to be in India at the right time for Gen- <laughs> yeah yeah so um, <laughs> we went to Gen Con and yes this was I went I picked ro- ro- rolled up at the airport so, alright let's, let's take so a look at this yeah. ah <laughs> awesome yeah wow wow that was that was good good fun back when my hair was short mm-hmm. and yeah Good times, good times. Perfect. You want me to link that in the in the show topics? <laughs> Why not? Perfect. I mean, it's, it's up for public consumption. Yeah, it's there. in your press kit. It's so. good page. <laughs> I speak yeah. much. I need to update a few of the assets there. Crikey. Yeah, are you guys using... Theory. Oh, sorry. You look so young there, Pete. Oh. <laughs> Back before I had any kids. Yeah, yeah. Do whatever I wanted. <laughs> Go to Gen Con. Was able to sleep through the night. Yeah, yeah, not, not so much anymore. Yeah, I I have three little siblings. I my my youngest sibling was born when I was nine, so most of my childhood was babies oh, yeah. everywhere. <laughs> well, that that pretty much prepared you for for later in life, right? Yeah. Yeah, we never had that because we're um, exactly the. Same age, so we didn't have any experience with older. We oh, you guys are twins? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're twins, so yeah, we didn't have any experience with uh, having to handle infants or whatnot. Kids of a different age. Yeah. So, are you guys identical? No. Uh, yes. We don't know. 
You don't Actually. know. <laughs> we always thought we'd win, but then when we asked mum about it about a year ago, she's like, oh, I don't know, I don't remember. So <laughs> haven't really bothered to get that examined, so I'll just remain ignorant. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's that's a great answer, too. Like, oh, are you guys identical? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? We used to get confused a lot when we were young, but not so much anymore. I think we would have had the same hair, but we don't, so... Yeah, it's true. We did. Yeah. Well, this is the first. First set of twins on the uh, on indie radio. Yeah. Nice. First <laughs> something. Thankfully. <laughs> First people from New Zealand, first twins. What what else have we got? First, first people working on Mini Metro on the show. Um, That's really. If there's anyone else, I'd be getting a bit concerned. <laughs> cool. Hmm. All right. So, uh, hmm. do you guys have any fond memories of before becoming indie, working at other jobs? They, I don't know. You might want to talk about <laughs> any cool games you worked on that you, you, that you can talk about. <laughs> the games we worked on, I don't know if anyone in America would even know about them. I don't think people, I don't think Americans would even know the games they are based on. <laughs> we we spent our time, yeah, in professional game development, working on Australian sports games. So. Uh, rugby league was a prominent feature of that. <laughs> oh man, I grew up on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, rugby league. Uh, Stacy Jones rugby league, and then rugby league two. Um, rugby league live. So that, yeah, that, that didn't actually see the other day. Uh, and then <laughs> then Frankie De Tori's racing challenge, something like that. Racing cat. Yeah, yeah, horse racing. Um, that was about it. <laughs> so, um, nothing. I don't think that's going to resonate with your listeners. <laughs> not, not unless they're from out there. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I, I could it was, never. It was good though. It was, it was a good studio to work at, and um, we learnt. There was something obviously where we learnt to program and develop games and stuff. I mean, we both got had a uh, got a computer science degree which was great but when I started like my first day on the job I was useless right <laughs> it's just it, uh, getting a traditional computer science education doesn't really prepare you for, for professional work so you know, it was only working there for four and a half years that really uh, cemented my, um, my my skills I think I think having a computer science background is, is it you appreciate it more as you get older and more experienced as a dev, but it certainly doesn't make the first day any easier. <laughs> yeah, because you yeah, just have no idea what's going on. You need you need both. I think you need both um, professional experience and uh, and a, and that that's and, and that back, background yeah. comes in comes in handy. But mm-hmm. yeah, uh, a lot of people from my generation. Uh, we kind of did it backwards. We would get into game development, and then we would go to college and get, like, the computer science background. And it, it, it was just kind of weird, because it's like, I was going in, you know, oh, I've already been programming for six years, whatever, I'm, I'm the best, you guys are all dumb, you don't know anything. Um, and then, you know, you, you sit down, and they just go over stuff that you would have never 
uh, done because you thought it was dumb, and then you learn a lot from it, and it's like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just think that you, if you don't have the experience, you can't really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we did so much low-level stupid stuff. It's yeah. like, <laughs> nobody's used this for 20 yeah. years. Why are we doing this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if you hadn't done that, you wouldn't know it was... You wouldn't know exactly how stupid it was, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it, it it was all there to teach you a certain thing, and yeah, it was it was good in the long run, but at the time, a few a few tears were shed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So do you guys think that you're gonna like where where do you guys see yourself in ten years? Uh, still indie, maybe. A bigger indie studio? Or... I Yeah, I don't think we'd ever want to be bigger than, I don't know, five or six, even if we ever get to that size. I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard. And I also think that, that Peter and I, because we've spent a great deal of time together, um, we've had experience working with other people, and it can be quite awkward. <laughs> when we, we're kind of this, this, this hive mind almost, and then everyone else... Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know, but... I would. I don't ever see us getting out of indie development, you know, just kind of being more traditional, studio-based type stuff that that I don't think interests either of us. I just no. assume you're the same mind Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're both such perfectionists as well. At, at working in a big team is difficult for both of us. Um, so it's n- nice keeping things small. It's just, it's just how small. I, I definitely could see there are some roles right now that I would love to have someone else take over. Like mm-hmm. the business development stuff, I just oh, I hate that stuff. Um, so time-consuming. So and the, the promotion and um, community management's a big one as well. But mm-hmm. It's so good to stay in touch, to stay close with fans and stuff, but it means it's um, it, it takes a lot of time uh, and also, it means it's, it's difficult to take a break because I always feel that I need to, you know, go, I, I need to always, uh, oh, how long has it been since I've been on the Steam forums and you know, I've now <laughs> got a backlog of email I need to get through and respond to. And it's just like, mm-hmm. it's hard to disengage from work. Yep. And then it, even doing it, like, kind of throws you off and, like, you get in the groove of that and then you got to jump back. Yeah, 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 exactly. And, and I, I, I'm not one who can multitask easily. You know, I, I need to just do one thing at a time. And, and, um, it, and uh, just even when I'm trying, like, communication, especially written communication, is not something that comes easily to me. So to respond to a whole bunch of emails just, it, I know it sounds kind of silly, but it, it, it's, really psychologically draining on me whereas mm-hmm. I can just get into running some code and I'll be fine I'll, I'll actually be more energized at the end of it um, than when I began so to clear out my inbox is a big task <laughs> it's like oh god and I just procrastinate and I need that <laughs> so, uh, yes I think taking thinking I'd be surprised if we don't have someone on board to do that by the end of the year. Yeah, just because that that does seem seem to be a kind of big uh, weakness, I suppose. Yeah, and when you're doing open development, it's something you need to do. Mm-hmm. You, you, are, um, you know, 
communication with the people playing your game is so paramount. Yeah, bringing up Vlambeer for the 97th time, I, I don't know how Rami does it. Like, he's he's I on top no of all idea. that stuff. Does does he sleep? The man, the man must be a machine. I don't know. He's always <laughs> just online answering. And he's answering. It's not just about his game. I mean, it's just... Just he'll just is it free is it eager to spend this time talking with anyone about anything and helping other indies out yeah. that he doesn't he's, that he's never heard of that are asking him random questions about how we do this or how much we pay this person for blah and yep. always offering advice. And he plays video games too. He he still has time to play games. I know he plays more <laughs> games than I God, last time I played a game for a decent period of time. She's, that's the thing I find very difficult, eh? It's like Finding time to just actually play other games can be play fun. it for enjoyment rather than for trying to analyze it. <laughs> it's exactly. Because we always end up like when we were playing, we had a um, we were working with our artist. Um, the uh, just before we all we went away in December, late December, and had a spelunky session for half an hour or whatever, and then we just ended up talking about like dissecting the. <laughs> they happen in Spelunky and talk, talking about the game design and stuff. For to, be, to, be fair, to be fair, that game is is got a great deal of depth as far as game design exploration. That, that game will be discussed in years to come. I think it's just yeah. Oh, absolutely! It's, it's an indie classic. A, it is amazing that game. Like yeah, it's a masterpiece. Yeah, it is. And then yeah. and then this is how we. We begin and we now discuss it for the next about hour and a half and <laughs> some work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those ledge grabs, man. Just like the damn wow. bats. <laughs> Those damn bats. Yeah. One one and a half body length is the whip length. Like if it was any longer, it'd be too easy. Any shorter, you'd never be able to kill anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so it begins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I. I've been playing a lot, a lot, a lot of Rebirth lately because it's really fun and I'm addicted. That, that's the first step, right? Is that you have to admit it? Yeah, I, I think you have, to, you have to take the other steps as well. They're just uh, for four players. <laughs> yeah, and like I, I constantly just think like, oh, hey, that's that's kind of interesting. And then you also get like, oh, wait, how would these two uh, interact together? Because there are some, like, if you have Brimstone, which is like a laser basically out of your mouth, and then you have another one, it creates a ring of laser around you, and then there's another one that can make it so it, like, moves independent of you. <laughs> it's just like, how, what, what, what's going on behind the scenes? How did, how did you program that? That's, there's so much, oh my god. I can just imagine how complex... That could be, yeah. be. And again, you got to know where, what, what's worth the time spending, you know, where, at, where to spend the time to add the complexity and where the complexity is best put. Mm-hmm. That sort of stuff. And you only get that, you know, you only find that stuff out by developing and playing and iterating and just... Talking with other devs. Yeah, yeah. All that stuff. <laughs> so you, you develop the stuff as well, right? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all over. I'm one of those teenagers that could never really stay focused on anything. So I, I do websites, games, apps, software. (laughs) Do you have a a goal for what you want to be? Uh, 
Yeah, no, I, I do want to do indie game development, but I've been doing a lot of web devs just because people need websites and there's money there. People yeah. don't necessarily need games, so if you're going to make a game, it better be a good idea and a big hit or else you're going to not be able to pay bills, you know? Yeah, well, you, you get experience. I mean, I always, I mean, even though we, it took us a long time to get here, I, I do think that if we hadn't gone through what we had and tried the other things we did that didn't work out, I, I don't think we would be here. So, yeah, so yeah I think that we, we have we have given a lot of things a go and had them all fail spectacularly. But yes, the thing that I think up until this point, you don't actually realize how much we gained from all of those flops. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I was thinking about that a while back. It was like, oh wait, even though this went nowhere, I learned a lot about bitmap data in Action yeah. Step 3. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was doing the other day. I was writing a custom script on how to separate two bit or a bitmap into two individual images in Flash. It's not very fast, but uh, yeah. I'm working on that. All right, well, I think we'll wrap this up. Uh, if you guys want to stay for a minute or two afterwards, that's that's cool. But, cool. Yeah. All right, thank you for listening to broadcast number 52 of Indie Radio. This broadcast was broadcasted live on 1000 mics and was recorded using Audacity. Our next show will be on January 17th, 2015. Thank you again for listening, and have a fantastic weekend.